Howdy, y'all. Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream can ease aches, pains, inflammation, and arthritis with topical CBD. Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream provides immediate relief by combining the powerful regenerative properties of CBD with other active botanical ingredients. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is packed with 400 milligrams of their patented water-soluble CBD, ensuring maximum absorption. Be kind to your skin and head over to Cosmedicated.com, C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, and use the South of Scruffy promo code SOS20 and get 20% off of your entire order. Awesome. Thank you, Cosmetic. Let's do the podcast now. Welcome in, guys. Thanks for being here. South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I am the host of this podcast, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening in. I've got Oslo Cole on the show today. Oslo's the man. You're going to love him. Uh, Former musician, now uh, consultant, uh, business consultant for music industry and uh, other businesses in and out of the arts and entertainment world. He's a fantastic guy. Just a gold mine of knowledge and an all-around kind, kind person. You guys are going to love him, so hang tight for that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for for sending all the sweet messages, the the kind things in, uh, nice things you're saying about the show. Got a little bit of merch left. If anybody wants some, uh, hit me up. We'll work something out. Uh, at South of Scruffy on Instagram or uh, send me an email, southofscruffy at gmail.com. Oslo introduced me to Zach Roskop, who was the last guest on this show. And Oslo was adamant about me having Zach on this show. And I'm so glad that Oslo insisted because I think the Zach Roskop episode went really well and people have been responding really well to it. And I made a new friend out of it. Me and Zach are buddies. It's great. It's, it's cool to, it's cool what's happening with this podcast and all the people it's connecting and the new things that are being born from it. So thanks, Oslo. Appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for listening in. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Oslo Cole. Yeah, wow. Hot mic. Hot mic. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. Yeah, it is. How are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. Good. Wow. Yeah. Feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Let me... <laughs> I get a little nip of this. Yeah, you need that inside jacket going on. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah, not I too don't bad. I think I've had that larceny before. Larceny, yeah. Uh, Cody Walters left that over here. Mm. Yeah. Dude. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he is. Man, what have you been up to? Gosh. What have you been working on? Oh, man. Um, well, hmm. That's a great question. Um, obviously, <laughs> stumped you right I, off I the bat. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, there's bit, a, there's a lot of it. Are we already already on? Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. Let's okay. Do it. Okay. Cool. Let's do it. Well, um, let's see. Um, I don't know. I've got. Uh, I always have a number of things um, percolating. Yeah. Um, I should have gotten my. I should have done my. Um, my cross crawl before I started this. Is You're, it too late to do what's that? What's that? What's a cross crawl? Are you, have you heard about this? No, what is this it? This is a new thing that okay. people are doing. Yeah, then I definitely don't know about it. If it's a new thing. <laughs> I don't know. It may not be new. Yeah. Um, but uh, the it's kind of like an exercise. Okay. That's designed to, uh, the idea behind it is to link the left and right hemispheres of your brain. Okay. So that you're able to think more clearly and more creatively. And it's great for if you need to concentrate on something that requires a lot of like brain power and, and, you know, like creativity and pragmatic kind of behavior together. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. That's kind of the idea. Okay. Um, but it's just this really simple exercise that, um, it's kind of like um, it's been described as an elaborate march, and um, but basically what it is, and I'm just going to stand up and do a few of these right now, so okay. you can do it. can see see okay. what I'm talking about here. Okay. 
I'll, so, I'll play uh, by play it for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell, tell everybody what's going on. Okay. Here. So you you put your arms out to okay. the side. You're like standing so. with your arms yep. out like an airplane. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. And then you're just going to to swing your arm. Your right hand to your left knee. Bring your correct. left leg off the ground. That is correct. Okay. Connecting two sides of your body. Correct. And vice versa. Yes, this is basically okay. the extent of it. Okay, and that's you, a cross crawl? That's a cross crawl. It, 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 it makes sense. It seems a little uh, counter, you know, it doesn't, you're not actually crawling, but you think you're about, standing in, in like it's almost like uh like animals like uh, uh most animals use like their front left leg and their back right leg right, when they walk at the same exactly time and their right. front right leg and their back left leg i think the idea comes from you know when babies are learning to <laughs> oh yeah to, to crawl you know yeah they're bringing it all together right exactly so is uh, is it working i don't know yet i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna see <laughs> okay before this is all said. You've done but, 15 now? 15 of them? 15 done, gross girls? Let's see. This is. I'm going to go ahead and say this is 30 right here. I like it. You're supposed to do 30 on each side okay. to get the maximum result. Uh-huh. You don't want to overdo it because you're not trying to, you know, it's not a cardiovascular exercise. Man, I've never wished this was a video podcast so badly <laughs> in my life. <laughs> just, you know, just use your imagination, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, I have done this in the past couple of weeks, and uh, I feel and like you're back. You're done. Help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feeling. Did it work? I feel a little bit looser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Connected. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you've been doing it the past couple of weeks for like, hey, you go to meetings or uh, whenever you're uh, getting ready to have some kind of meaningful outing. That's yeah. That's kind of the idea. Is okay. if you've got like you know, um, brainstorming sessions or yeah. you're just you know if you're learning a new language. Okay. Um, you know, or if, even if you're just going through. A crap ton of emails that you're trying to get through really quickly. It helps. Uh, it helps you get uh, get it all involved, so you can do it most efficiently. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. Right. So. I get. So yeah. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it looks safer than CrossFit. <laughs> it is. Maybe not quite as uh, physically beneficial, but you know, it it helps. You know, it's it's exercise and um, and it also for your brain and your body. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a good thing. Man, I was oh oh. Before we get too far into it, Matt Honkinen asked me to ask if you still had your blue saxophone. Yeah, I heard that in the first episode (laughs) from from uh, from Jesco. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, a blue saxophone. I so you played a blue saxophone in in the band. I played a blue saxophone for approximately one day oh no one show and this is this made such a mark on matt honkinen yeah 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 (laughs) i think i think it was the um you know the the post um blue saxophone affair that probably um he remembers the most because Yeah. yeah So, so do you want the story? Yeah, to, give it to you, me since you since yeah. you brought it up, yeah. and and that is it, and when I heard you guys talking about it in the podcast, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to <laughs> set the record straight, I'm have to flesh this out for everybody, <laughs> so so they know it. So, the, but this is great. This is great for continuity, yeah. you know. For yeah. you know, anyway, this is a serial now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gonna have to talk about the blue saxophone from from this point forward. Just you know reference it somehow just work it in um but anyhow so i I play with this band back in the early to mid odds called jesco and um i played uh acoustic guitar and i played saxophone and so uh i'd ordered this saxophone from uh offline because i needed a new saxophone and i thought oh Cool. What about this blue saxophone? That'd be that that'd look pretty cool, you know. And you know, so I was like, oh, I'll just take I'll take a chance on it. So I ordered the saxophone off on online. It was like twelve or thirteen hundred bucks. It's not not a cheap piece not of machinery. At all. <laughs> um, so I finally get it in the mail, and um, 
the day that Jesco played Sundown in the City, and we, uh, I can't remember who we opened for, but we opened for somebody else, and that's when the blue saxophone made its debut, was was on, uh, on stage for Sundown in the City. And uh show went really well. You know, we had a great reception. We were playing a show the next night at Preservation Pub. So instead of us you know, loading all of our stuff up and, and taking it back to our practice space and then bringing it back the next day, we just decided to take it from market square stage into Prez pub. Exactly. Right. There's your load in. Yeah. Yeah. And your load out all right there yeah. together. <laughs> I mean, just one fell swoop. So, uh, I left my blues saxophone at preservation pub in the, in the attic area of, of preservation pub. This was when it was just one floor. I bet. Yes, that yeah. is correct. Yeah, so the upstairs was, was not what it is now. That is correct. Yeah. You are absolutely right yeah. about that. And there yeah. was only one floor. And uh, only a handful of people had access to that second floor at this time. So I, I think I know where this is going, and yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. I, I, uh, I feel like it's, it's quite obvious where this is going. So the next day I get to Preservation Pub and find out that my – blue saxophone has been stolen that's terrible yes that's awful very much so i hate when i hear about musical instruments getting stolen it makes me so sad it was it was very upsetting for me as well but, yeah um 12 or 1300 dollars just gone in a flash and so yeah so i was pissed about yeah, it to say the least very and, rightly so and i made that a point um and uh blew it up on social media and and you know talked to uh to scott west who is the the pri- proprietor yeah. of, of the establishment yep. um to try to figure out what happened and um see if they can do anything about it and of course not you know yeah. uh saxophone was gone they had no idea as yeah. to who took it yeah um and um to this day yeah i haven't seen it yeah since and um, sorry man yeah but yes. here it lives yeah. in infamy <laughs> <laughs> indeed but here's on the upside of this okay it was one of the worst playing instruments i have ever played in my life <laughs> The that, fact that it was blue was the best thing that about it. That was by far and away the best thing about it. And so in hindsight, I'm kind of glad that it happened because I would not have wanted to play that thing um, for, you know, as long as I felt like I would have had to, to, to get the full value from it. Right. Um, but at the time I was, I was angry and, and, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted heads to roll. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but definitely in hindsight, I was like, oh, this thing is it's probably oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, garbage. Man, uh, sundown in the city is something we haven't talked about on the podcast before, but that's a pretty cultural, uh, Im- culturally important thing to yeah. Knoxville. It was a free concert on market square that was around for better part of a decade i want to say yeah 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 um, before market square was was really very busy at all right you know it got people downtown uh, before downtown was busy at all really right. and lots of great acts played there i saw a lot of really good concerts you don't remember who you were opening for though oh gosh i i don't i want to say that it was a bigger local act but i don't know if that's true or not yeah that was a cool thing about that uh that stage in that program was that it got you know our our biggest local acts but it also got very well recognized national acts yeah saw warren haynes there mm-hmm. saw yeah. warren haynes there and then went and saw bob dylan at the tennessee theater in the same night i think or i could be Damn. mashing memories together but i'm pretty sure that's Pretty sure that's the way it went down. It's a strong possibility. I saw Bella Fleck and the Flecktones there. Yeah. Um, I saw Galactic there one time. Yeah, yeah. Citizen Cope I saw mm-hmm. there. Moon Taxi played that played, yeah. that, played that stage. Yeah, yeah. Blues uh, Traveler. Humphreys McGee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It got a good uh, it, it it got a, a good uh, it got a good ticket coming through. Was yeah. that an Ashley Caps thing? Yeah, yeah. That was an AC Entertainment production okay Okay. and uh yeah it was a big part of the revitalization of the downtown area it really was Uh, and it was free 
Yeah, and I was free. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and a, and a lot of the um, a lot of the establishments on Market Square loved it, and a lot of the establishments on Market Square didn't love it so much because <laughs> yeah. it's like we don't need you know five thousand people coming to use mm. our free bathrooms. Right, you know, right, right. Yeah, it <laughs> on a Thursday night, cut both ways, and it got quite unruly there for for towards the end when you know the complaint was that people were bringing their kids down there and just dropping them off. You oh, know. like high school kids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was I think it was one of those high school kids. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I believe it. <laughs> Sorry guys. I believe it. <laughs> you rabble rouser you. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> me. Free bathrooms and whatnot. Yeah, at the subway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think that was ultimately the undoing was that they just, you know, the kids took over and yeah. it just kind of became this unruly thing. Yeah. So but it was awesome while yeah, it lasted. It was good. Yeah. Um, so where where'd you come from? Where'd you where'd you grow up and how'd you end up here? Uh, yeah. Um so I grew up in Memphis. Um, nice. The nine oh one. The nine oh one West Side. I like it. Um <laughs> that, that, I rarely yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. That's as I tough just, as you're ever gonna be yeah, right there. I was like, <laughs> Throwing up, throwing up gang signs here. Um, yeah, originally from Memphis, um, came here in 1996. Did you did you grow up all your whole like uh, childhood in Memphis with your parents? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so my the end of my senior uh, my my last year in high school was a little bit weird because my mom had already moved to Knoxville. Okay. Uh, she started working for TVA. And yeah. I had uh, one more year of high school left and opted to stay in Memphis with my dad. Okay, so um, they'd split? They hadn't yet. Okay. Um, but that ended up kind of being a catalyst for for them splitting. Yeah, the, uh, the long-distance kind right, of thing after, right. after being married for a long, long time. Yeah, 20-plus 20, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Um, Brothers and sisters, too? Uh, two sisters. Two sisters. Younger, mm-hmm. older? Uh, one of each. Okay. Cool. Yep. Middle kid. Yep. Okay. I am the middle. Um, but, um, yeah, came here for school in 96. and Did you come to kind of be closer to your mom, or did you come here for other reasons? Um, I, uh, That's... It was probably a 50-50 proposition. Yeah. Um, I needed to go to college yeah. somewhere, and uh, UT was on my short list. And, um, you know, the fact that my mom was already here definitely made the decision easier. Right. Um, but I didn't live with her my my freshman year in college. I lived on campus. Yeah, got the experience. Yeah, yeah, I wanted the full immersion. Yeah, I think she wanted that too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so she was uh, a free woman at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those were those were challenging times, but they were also very, very formative. And um, yeah, I, I obviously fell in love with Knoxville, and you know, when I, the choice came for me to decide whether to stay here or go elsewhere, I was like. Oh. I'm good. That's yeah. good here. Yeah. I like it here. Feels that way with a lot of people. There's yeah. there's not a whole lot of negatives you can no. you can bring up with this place. It no. It doesn't I... feel like. So 96 is when you went to school? Mm-hmm. Did you do music in school or no? Um, well, I did marching band. Oh, cool. Yeah. Were you on the, were you Pride of the Southland guy? Pride of the Southland. Cool. Did you do all the football games and all that? Most of them, yes. Okay. Were you playing um, saxophone? Yep. Okay. Tutter saxophone. Tenor sax. PWO yeah, represent. I like it. Tenor World Order. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got t-shirts and everything. I want one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I got some South of Scruffy gear coming out, too. I'll have to get you one oh, of those. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm all about some merch. Yeah. So, uh, the marching band, did that last all four years, or did you get sick of it and do something else? Uh, that, that, I feel like you're, there's a story behind every question you're asking. I guess that's the point of this, right? Um, so, I'm three seconds psychic. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just pulling it right out. Um, so um, I did marching band two full years, my freshman and sophomore years. And then my third year, which was um, the 90, 98 to 99 season. National championship. National championship year. Yeah, yeah you remember. Um, I left the band halfway through that season. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So I bet all your bandmates had a lot of fun that year. <laughs> 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 the 
Thanks for going to Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> but there's a reason. Just like getting your saxophone so stolen, there's a there's a reason yeah, for all that. Sure. Too. Yeah. I haven't figured out what it is yet, but maybe maybe loyalty. I don't know. But the decision, the reason why I left was because um, my uh, one of my really good friends, who's still one of my best friends to this day, was starting a business and needed my help with it. And um, at this point, I was a resident assistant um, at Gibbs. Um, I was in high school, uh, Gibbs High School, uh, or Gibbs? Gibbs, oh, residence Gibbs. hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, the dorm, athletic, UT. Yeah, the athletic oh. hall. Um, so I was doing that. I was in marching band. I was in the SGA. I was taking full course load. I had a lot of things on my plate, sure. and so something had to to give and i felt like marching band was the most um give upable yeah thing uh, yeah. i had and it was definitely the most time consuming just in terms of you know practice yeah two or three times a week and you had to free up some bandwidth somehow. right 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 yeah. you know weekends and that was away. the one thing you could give up that would do it the most yeah yeah that definitely was the the easiest thing but um mm, that was that was painful watching that game on tv uh that national championship no, game yeah. that year knowing that i could have been there um but i uh yeah i sacrificed that you for, regret it Yeah, I do actually, yeah. Ben. Um, I, you know, but it, it's not one of those regrets that's like, oh, what was I doing instead? I can't even remember. I know exactly what I was doing. Right. Um, and, you know, if I had it to do over again, I would do it, do it again. Um, but if you ask me, you know, what regrets do I have in my life? Um, I regret that I wasn't there at that game right. because it was, by all accounts, um, it was the best trip that anybody in the marching band had ever taken ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd marched in the, um, Clinton inauguration in 97. I marched no in, yeah, yeah. I marched in the, uh, George W. Bush inauguration, 2001, wow, you know, back to back. Yeah. Yeah. did both of those inaugurations did, um, who was that with, was that with the university or was yeah, that? Oh, yeah, really? Pride of Southland. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, the, the Pride of Southland has represented the state of Tennessee, Tennessee in the inauguration inaugural parade for the president for the last like 50 or 60 years. Something no like way. That. I didn't yeah. know that, man. Yeah, true story. That's super cool. True story. So anybody that's in the pride of the Southland gets to, uh, gets to march, gets to march, march the to the inauguration. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. If, especially if you like who the president is, um, <laughs> that's, that's not probably as much, split. <laughs> not as much if you don't, but <laughs> I guess it's still a thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I had some great trips and, and, you know, I enjoyed most of my experience. Um, but, you know, I had two bowl game experiences that were solid. I mean, you got Peyton Manning's. Yeah, no, stuff. I was not, not solid was not the word I was going to really? use. Yeah. I had two bowl experiences that were just awful and, um, and one that was decent. Okay. And the decent one was the first one that I went to, which was the Citrus Bowl. Oh, I am squeaking a little bit, aren't I? That's all right. Um, the Citrus Bowl was the best bowl game experience I had, if that tells you anything. Um, I went to the Orange Bowl in 98, um, which was Peyton's last last game. Yeah. And we got destroyed by Nebraska that year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Yeah, it was awful. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting stranded at the airport in Miami. The whole band? The whole band, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, for like six or seven hours. How many people are in the Pride of the Southland? It's like 350. Is it really that many people? Yeah. Holy a lot, shit. A lot of fucking people. Oh, yeah. man. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was like a couple, maybe 150 people or something. Oh, no. Like yeah. No, no, wow. No, it's a huge, wow. huge under uh, um, organization. How, how do you forget about that? How do you forget about 350 mm. people mm. at the airport? So the story that we were told is... The Nebraska football team needed to get back to Omaha, mm -hmm. so they took our plane. 
the winner writes history. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we ended up and not, not, we weren't like at the Miami international airport, which would have probably been a little bit better. We were just, we were at this little private airport outside of town. So there wasn't anything there and we were all miserable because we had gotten our asses handed to us and, and we were all hung over and tired and we're, sitting at this airport for six or seven hours waiting for a plane to come back so that was pain yeah that's a bummer yeah yeah and then the cotton bowl um in dallas and that was 90 that was 2000 okay um my that was my last bowl game and it was an ice bowl um uh, uh, oh an ice bowl an ice bowl yeah as in like snowing yeah and- yeah, like in more Dallas? like ice. Yeah. In Dallas? Yes. yes. I didn't know they knew about that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was insane. It we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go we couldn't go anywhere. Uh, you know, this is New Year's and we couldn't go out to celebrate New mm. Year's. We were just kind of all shut in. Mm. Um That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And then we were freezing our asses off in the stadium there, the old Dallas Stadium. Yeah, that was before uh, they yeah, before, before Jerry's the world. Yeah. Jerry World, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. So what happened what happened when you uh finished up at UT? Did you graduate and all that? And mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Graduated did, in two thousand one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you try to push on with music after that, or did you try to go more business side? I went business. Yeah. Uh, my degree was in business management, so I ended up my first real job out of college was working for Target. Oh, cool! I was a human resources manager for one of their stores, and they're out of um, Minneapolis, right? And they are. Don't they headquarter up there? They do. Yeah, you were right about that. Yeah. You're so, right. were you a corporate yeah. corporate guy? Um, no, I was at store level. Um, you know, I was at the old Broadway store, which no longer exists. Um, it's what, where the new Kroger is, uh, the super Kroger is out there. Um, but that was my store. I I was there for a little over a year. So that was your 22, 23 years old, right Mm -hmm. out of school, Mm -hmm. hiring, firing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was the guy doing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I was probably not the guy. Um, Should have been doing that, but I I passed mine. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm. Mm. What, what happened after, what happened after that? Did you, did you stay with them long or did you move on to something else? Um, So I, I stayed with target for almost two years and that was what I was talking about earlier that I had opportunities to leave. One of those opportunities was with Target. They wanted to transfer me to a to a new store that was opening up in Mooresville, North Carolina, which is just right outside of Charlotte. Yeah. NASCAR capital of the world. Heck yeah. Um, who wouldn't want to do that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so um, I had that opportunity, and I'd originally taken that opportunity, and then I decided – no, I don't want to do this. Cool. So you stayed here. So I stayed here. Yeah. yeah much to the chagrin of Target. Um, <laughs> so um, that didn't last much longer. So I left there. Um, and during that hiatus is when I got with Jesco. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a whole nother story. There too. were a bunch of people in that band. Right? Yeah, yeah. You guys were, I mean, how many horns were there? Was it just you? We had, two, we had two horn players by the end of it. Um, I remember seeing you guys a couple of times. I saw you at Blue Cats once, and I think I was oh, at that, cool. um, I think I may have been at the Blue Saxophone show. Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. Thanks for the support. Yeah. Well, I remember you, for sure. Oh, wow. And I, I didn't put two and two together um, for really? a long time. For oh, a long that's time. crazy. I think we knew each other for a few years before I put two and two together because I remembered your face. I remembered watching you play. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So how'd you hook up with those guys? Mm. That's the story of the lost umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost a lot of stuff so far. But <laughs> he knows about the umbrella. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I promise I'm much more responsible than it sounds, (laughs) folks. Um, But anyhow, so I'd left my umbrella at this house um, in the fort. And um, during a Why Not Wednesday, back when it was okay to drink on weeknights copiously. uh, You were 23 or 24. Yeah, yeah. everybody was doing it. So why not? It was Wednesday. So we we, – 
had Why Not Wednesday at, at some friend's house in the fort and um, left my umbrella at this house and went back to retrieve it and heard some music happening in the house next door, which also happened to be a house that I used to live in. Um, it's, and the, it's Fort Sanders. I'm pretty Fort sure everybody yeah. lives in every yeah, house there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And and of course, I knew the guys who lived there um, at that point. Um, the the guys who were who were practicing music. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to see what's going on over here. So I poked my head in, and these guys were jamming out. Um, and uh, one of the guys, Chris Carb, is the bass player for Jesco. Um, he and I are are good friends and um he was like yeah he was in the margin man too he's like hey dude why don't you pick up a guitar and start playing with us you know we're just kind of messing around so i was yeah. like yeah sure why not sounds great to me so i picked up a guitar and we just started jamming uh i think maybe a dave matthew song or something like that and I was I was hooked. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is great." Feel good to jam with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Had you played in a band before? That was my first time. Really? Yeah. First had you, time. How long had you played guitar? Not long, probably two years at that point. Okay, um, but enough to pick it up and start jamming. Enough to you know to play play enough to to, to keep up a, enough on certain songs. Like I'm a decent guitar player, but uh, I wouldn't. You know, I've been playing saxophone for. 30 years yeah i'm much more comfortable there um but yeah this got you in the door yeah these guys yeah yeah so did they say hey this guy's good he fits our vibe he's fun to hang out with i feel like that's a lot with with a band is like you can be great and be terrible to hang out with and they probably won't ask you to join the band right you know but you know you can play the wrong instrument and be cool and 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 they'll find a spot for you yeah no it definitely was kind of like that is that what happened yeah that's kind of like that and you know, we were Jesco wasn't even really a thing. We didn't have a name at that point. It was just some guys jamming. Yeah, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm down to keep jamming with you guys, and so we did. And you know, Chris had mentioned that I played saxophone, so I started playing some saxophone with him too. And did, that was kind of was like that the, part of their plan for the for the sound of the band, or was it because you knew how to play saxophone that it was just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Plan, he says yeah so that uh, that just that just became it's like oh we we have a guy that's here that likes to play saxophone yeah this band has a saxophone yeah that's kind of what happened that's, there was that's fantastic. There was definitely no predestination there we yeah. just kind of or predetermination it was just kind of like you play sax oh cool why don't you bring your saxophone and play that too and so yeah just started playing that and and um we eventually got a name and Got our first gig was at um, oh, what's the name of that place? Uh, I might be able to help you. It was over on Kingston Pike. Um, was it in Western Plaza? It wasn't in Western Plaza. It was further down than that. It was kind of like in the Bearden area. It's not there anymore, obviously. It wasn't forty six twenty. It wasn't forty six twenty. You know, yeah. Gina. True, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the she f- had a place. She did. It was her first. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was her first spot. Yeah. Uh, it was called 11, the spot. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was called the spot. Okay. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what it was called. And that was your guys' first gig out and that together? That was our first gig, yeah. And then, was it well received? Very well. Very and then, well. So it's received. like, guys, we got something here. Yeah. Let's yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. It was freaking awesome, man. So, how long did that, did Jesco happen? And, um, we going. were a thing for several years. I think we started, I guess that would have been, oh, three. Uh, cause I'd, uh, how did I started playing with them? So mm. mid early, early aughts still. Yeah. Early aughts. Yeah. Um, and you guys were together for a few years or several years. And, okay. and, um, you know, we played sundown in the city. We played Bonnaroo one year. Really? Yeah. Um, we had a, pretty decent amount of success for for a local heck yeah band. i mean i remember hearing about you guys all the time yeah and seeing you a bunch of times we played a lot what was it like playing bonnaroo difficult was it just, <laughs> well yeah i mean i think unless you're playing one of the big stages or big tents were yeah. you playing a tent um not not one of the not one of the main tents no yeah. um and so i feel like 
uh, stories I've heard, like load in is is tough. Yeah. Like you don't get a lot of help from yeah. from the locals. Like you kind of got to lug your own shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, is that kind of what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we were camping and gas camping, and and um, when which was, we'll get back to later. We'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had to take all our all our gear with us. Do they have a statue up of us in uh, in, <laughs> in guest camping yet? You and I should for the epic uh, whenever. What was well, it? Two thousand thirteen or something like that yeah 2014 maybe was it somewhere long ago i don't know some yeah. some somewhere in there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so then uh other so that uh bonnaroo sundown the city were those kind of your two biggest shows mm-hmm. that you guys did mm-hmm. cool and mm-hmm. then um when when did you guys decide to to call it quits and go your separate separate ways well i kind of decided to go my separate way um you know, Jessica's technically still in operation. That's they don't awesome. play very often, but you know, they're still, still pay city and county taxes. <laughs> <laughs> still got their business uh, business license. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if they got that or not. But I'm, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to blow their cover. Um, but uh, but yeah, I decided that I needed something different, yeah. and um, you know, at that point, I was just kind of. You know, we'd put out an album, and I'd put a lot of myself into Jesco um, at that point in my life, and I just kind of got burned out on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was just, you know, I just didn't didn't have it in me to keep going. Um, so I decided to to take a step back, and I didn't didn't go over particularly well with the guys, but. Uh, eventually they understood and we're all yeah. still good friends, but, good. um, but yeah, at that time I was just like, I need something different. Yeah. I need to step back away from this. What, what'd you do? Where'd you decide to move, uh, career wise at that point? Um, I was working for a mortgage company at this point, a manufactured yeah. housing lender. Yeah. Yeah. I won't mention, won't yeah, say I'm familiar with here. that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was working for them. I worked for them for seven years in human resources. And oh, cool! So kept kept the HR route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and this mm-hmm. is with the business degree, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ba- basically, yeah. you know, I wanted to find a job that was as close to being an RA as possible. So I love that job. <laughs> yeah, One of my favorite job. Man, if ever. I could be a server right now, if I could wait tables and bartend, and and still make the same living, I would definitely do it yeah you know yeah, I, know, I feel like I my job that i do now is kind of the same way you're just you know talking to people entertaining people right. trying to get them the right thing at the right time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, guide mm-hmm. them in the right direction yeah. yeah yeah that's funny man yeah yeah i love that shit yeah i love it um so yeah so i was working for the mortgage company and i was like i'll just do this for a while and you know i'll figure out some other extracurricular activities to get into Keep i'm you sure busy. And, and i've definitely been up yeah <laughs> uh, so. i'm glad you made it out yeah. alive yeah. uh yeah. So, so that was that was a seven-year period that's a good that's a good stretch of time mm-hmm. um the 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 stuff that i've um that are that right around the time you and i met i think was just after that probably or mm-hmm. right you know just after you'd kind of made a move into the music business. Yeah. So I kind of, uh, so, so I worked for the mortgage company and I got really burned out on that too. Um, and, um, decided to take my first leap of faith out on my own. Um, 2000, it was around 2010, 2011, actually, that's exactly what it was. 2011, November, 2011 Mm -hmm. um decided to get out on my own and try that to see how that would go the music business just actually i was doing career coaching and and career helping people with career related stuff gotcha um so in any industry in an industry yeah like a like a a life coach or like a counselor yeah something along those lines yeah yeah but basically you know the goal was to help people change jobs change careers yeah and that's you know i do a little bit of that now still yeah but that was my first foray cool not a great time of the uh, in life to be doing that though. Yeah, it was right uh, around the recession. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people were looking for jobs though. There just weren't a lot of places True. to put them. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that yeah. was the hard part. I definitely uh, did not um, factor all of that in when I decided to go that route. Well, but, you probably didn't know it was coming. Mm, 
Well, it already had happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I knew that it had happened, but I thought, oh, this is this is this is a great time to do it because a lot of people are going to yeah. be looking for jobs. There's a groundswell of people looking for right. jobs. Right. It's like I'm not going to have any. You know, there's not going to be any. Uh, not going to have any trouble finding clients. Clients. Yeah. I'm just you know, not going to have as much luck helping those clients find find jobs at that point. So yeah, the uh, supply and demand was out of whack. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, it was an employer's market, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so I did that for almost two years. Uh, floundered for, for almost two years on my own. And uh, had a good friend at, at AC Entertainment uh, who uh, I, we got together and had beers one, one evening. And he just kind of casually mentioned, he said, you know, we've got an opening for somebody with, you know, business experience, um, you know, working for us. You know, if you have any clients who would be interested, send them our way, basically. So he was using you as a, as a headhunter? Yeah, kinda? yeah, basically. Because he knew what I was doing. Yeah, and knew he that like, you knew everybody. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you probably, you know, you might have a client who's yeah who's looking for this kind of work and i was yeah. like well i would be interested in that job so <laughs> so how about that <laughs> this I? is awkward <laughs> and he's like oh well yeah, yeah sure um so so um he got me an interview and and um got the job and and uh i was working for the music industry and i'd been wanting to work for ac for years at this point because i was you know obviously big into to live music well it sounds like a perfect kind of marriage of your um skill set it was a little bit i mean business and music right the two things you'd been doing the whole time since you got out of school that's exactly right that's how i read it too and and it was you know it was like ah this is my dream job this is you know this is what what I want to be, this is the kind of work I want to be doing, and this is the kind of company I want to work for. So, how long had, or how big was AC at the time? AC was about thirty to thirty-five employees. At That's this pretty big. Point. Yeah, pretty good sized company. So, the Bonnaroo was uh, twelve, thirteen years into their mm-hmm, run mm-hmm, at that point. Yeah. Did they have other stuff besides? Yeah, my my first event that I went to as an AC employee was Moogfest in, in Asheville in 2012. Um, and that and uh, the Moog Museum, right? Bob Moog is that is that his yeah. name? The guy, the guy that created the Moog synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got a whole museum to to that instrument mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. and then so ac had a festival yeah ac was uh ran that festival they were the the producers behind Moogfest. um and uh, ac did i think they did Moogfest three years in in asheville um i think they actually uh no i take that back they did four maybe even five years of Moogfest, and okay. ac did three of those years as the producer cool yeah, so that was my first my first festival experience, and I was I was totally into it. I was I was for it. Yeah, what'd you do for him? Um, so I did uh, my my job title, my starting job title there was business management coordinator, but essentially it was I handled all the contracts and dealt with all the insurance related stuff, the fun stuff, all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I was reading contracts pretty much all day long. Uh, requesting in, uh, c- the certificates of insurance, adding additional yeah. insurance, a lot of you're uh, making sure your ass was covered correct. on all fronts. That was yes, that was my job. There's a lot of liability when you get that many people together and that many artists together. Yeah, there in is. the same place, yeah. and a lot of um, permitting and things like that that has right, to happen. Right, right. And I didn't have to deal with any of the permitting stuff, but yeah, all the artist contracts I read every single one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, dealt with all the for festivals. I dealt with all the the vendor agreements and and um, um yeah. Um, Is that like ind- people independent that, that contractors and the vendors are are those musicians or are those the the people that are selling stuff at the shows? Um, vendors did not include artists, but it included just about everybody else. Gotcha. So if, you know, for example, staging lights, sound, um, 
production staff production concessions um pretty much all the all the things that go into a festival with the exception of artists would be considered technically vendors okay um 1099 people um 1099 folks although yeah um yeah yeah 1099 folks um but we actually also had employees as well so i i managed all the all the paperwork um for so so the way it would work is um the festival would hire um an operations team Mm -hmm. they were basically the ones who were tasked with building the infrastructure for the festival well they were we had to treat them as employees because we were controlling their work sure um and so that we had to process them as employees and i handled all that it's similar with tv shows a little bit right um you know sometimes you just hire hire contractors that come work for you on a contract basis and sometimes you actually have to onboard them and hire them right you know and all that yeah 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 Yeah, very similar yeah similar thing Mm -hmm. and before they'd always treated all those folks as independent contractors but um there had been some issues with other um concert and festival promoters who had done the same thing and gotten in trouble because those people weren't insured or whatever. Right. There are very specific rules around who can be considered an independent contractor and who has to be considered an employee. So, so that happened while I was, that was my first, in my first year there uh, was, was navigating all of that. So how did that trip with AC, how did that kind of manifest itself and where did that all lead? Yeah. um, So uh, I, I was there for three and a half years and um, my role kind of morphed a bit. I was still dealing with a lot of the contract stuff, but um, I was dealing more and more with risk management, you know, dealing with, you know, is this a, is this a dangerous thing that you guys are trying to do? You know, um, if so, what do we need to do to protect ourselves? Like, you know, do we need to create a waiver? Do we need to have a, you know, a list of rules? Right. Need, so um, like if there's a band that comes with a bunch of pyrotechnics, did right. that, did that hit your radar? That definitely did. Yeah. Definitely did. Um, yeah. Anything that was kind of, you know, off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Um, anything was other my, than just people going to see a concert, anything that was, that was, at, that was an right. outlier there. Right, right, right. You know, other than anything that was outside of a standard, like here's, here's a band with, you know, instruments and, you know, very basic production needs, um, would have to clear my, my department. Right. Um, and so we work very closely with our insurance, um, broker, um, who helped us with a lot of those issues and troubleshooting and making sure that our paperwork was right and that sure. we were properly insured for everything that we needed. You know, we had to deal with, um, if there was a cancellation or if we had yeah. to cancel a festival, which we yeah. actually did um, with uh, Afropunk. Um, what was year. that? Afropunk. Um, um, so Afropunk was this uh, kind of urban type festival that initially started in New York City um, by this this group of people um, who had been doing this, this festival in New York for 10 plus years. And so they wanted to have a Afro punk Atlanta. And Mm. so, um, but they needed somebody with experience and festival production to help production management on a local, on a local basis, right? more quote unquote local, you know, AC didn't do much in Atlanta, but, um, we had more experience there than they did. And, you know, we'd had enough experience with festivals that we could, you know, uh, navigate most of the, the issues they might have. So they partnered with us to do Afropunk, um, Atlanta, these, these folks from New York. Um, and we ended up having to cancel that festival gotcha. uh, due to weather. Um, oh, weather. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So that, I bet that fell squarely in your lap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately it did. I bet um, that kept you busy for a year. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely the better part of six months for sure. Yeah. It's um, ticket sales. It's vendor relation yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, dealing with um, the event cancellation insurance, filing that claim, you know, 
um, doing all the justifications for for why we were canceling the event and yeah, you know, proving it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So all of that and and dealing with the vendors and making sure that they were made whole. Um, yeah. you know, uh, all that stuff ran through me. Um, Do you remember Bonnaroo Northeast? Oh, vaguely. That was supposed to be a thing. Yeah. It, I, they marketed it briefly. Right, right. And it was like, they're going to expand and do a Bonnaroo. And I, I want to say it was New York State. It could have been somewhere. It could have yeah. been Massachusetts, maybe, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I around for about that. three or four months. And it was like canceled. Yeah, you no, know? we're not doing that. At, yeah. at least it didn't get all the way up to the point of the weekend. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did yeah. Vegas, too. I went uh, to Vegas the first year. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was living in LA at the time, and I went to uh, the first Vegas, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. I heard some great um, things about it. It was cool. It was like um, there were uh, just fest- the the festival just happened on two days. I think it was either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, um, in in Las Vegas, and it was at the um, it was at the football field where UNLV plays, mm, and they yeah. took the whole grounds, like you know, hundreds of acres you know, around it or, you know, maybe a hundred acres. I don't know, but, uh, they put up probably five or six stages and they did, uh, you know, main stage in the, in the actual concert bowl or in the football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fantastic. Yeah. And then, um, but the, but the real thing with that festival that was awesome was the night shows and they, they, um, kind of added on these kind of piggyback nighttime programmed shows, um, that were at different casinos around town. And there were four or five of them that were part of the Vegas ticket part or lineup part right. of the bill, um, that were, um, that were around around town. You'd have to buy tickets for those um, specifically. And the festival yeah. itself was really great, but those night shows were killer. Man. Right, right. You know, midnight to four or five in the morning, just great shows. STS nine, string cheese, Anastasio band. I saw a bunch of really good shows. Oh, man, Galactic yeah. over four, four nights there. It was yeah. super cool. I didn't go the second year though. And then I think they only did it two years yeah, and then yeah. they quit doing it after that. But that was an yeah. AC thing, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. 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 I remember that being like them reaching out to the West coast. Right, a little bit. Right, and I, you know, I, I, I understand why they don't do it anymore. Um, Vegas, particularly. Vegas, or, particularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's hard. Hell yeah, it's hard. It's hard putting on a festival. Hell yeah, especially in a, you know, a place like Vegas. Yeah. Is Vegas a union town? Do you know? I'm sure. I think it is. It is. I mean, it's got to be hard as hell to do anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it. I, yeah. You know, um, even doing that Afropunk in, in Atlanta had had a lot of of challenges to it, and that's just three hours away. So yeah. imagine trying to do the same thing for a festival that's two thousand miles away. Yeah. It's just a lot, a lot to do. So. When did your time with AC or like what, what else beyond that um, for you kind of move the needle at AC entertainment? Like what, what was your hmm. big, what was your, like your proudest moment when you were there? Hmm. 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 You know, dealing with that Afropunk cancellation was by far and away the biggest undertaking I ever had gotcha. um, while I was there. But, you know, we, we dealt with some, some pretty, significant things you know i remember the forecastle the year before it may have even been the same year actually uh, we had a partial cancellation because there was a, a microburst storm that just kind of came out of nowhere while sam smith was on stage um, i remember that we all went back to the hotel yeah and just kind of hung out and you watched your phone and they told you when you could come back right. in to the festival grounds yeah i remember it, that it was a it was a pretty pretty hairy time yeah. um you know, and and we were concerned about whether or not we were going to be able to to do the festival the next day because it was just that you know because that storm came out of nowhere and then it poured us down rain for like three or four hours after that. Mm-hmm. So you know, the festival team that's usually cleaning things up at the end of the night couldn't couldn't do that because they had to wait for the grounds to to clear and and dry out yeah um that's got to be such a pain in the ass man you plan this thing right you plan this thing for a year right and then all of a sudden something pops up a storm in the middle of the day and you are scrambling trying to figure out what the hell to do on the fly yeah for sixty thousand people right you know and they had they'd already dealt with some some elements prior to earlier that week and and um the production team and and ops team um, and so they ended up like having to re, uh, position 
the staging and everything up from the because the that festival is right on the river there in Louisville. Um, and so, um, and it floods there from time to time. So is that on the, is that on the Mississippi or the Ohio? Ohio. It's on the Ohio yeah. river. Ohio yeah. river. Yeah. Um, so they had, you know, they had to, they had made some, some changes to the, to the festival grounds, uh, kind of on the fly just because of the initial weather event. And we thought, okay, this is not, you know, we should be good now for the rest of the weekend. And then out of nowhere, that storm hits and had to rush Sam Smith off stage and, you know, get everybody off the festival grounds as quickly as possible. It's like sand flying everywhere and like oh. hitting people in the face. It was, it was terrifying. Oh, um, it had to be, <laughs> but then the next day, Everything went off without it a hitch? Just, you know, I think we pushed the gates by an hour and a half. Uh, didn't end up having to cancel any shows. That's great. And um, the best uh, freaking My Morning Jacket show I've ever seen was was that, that night. night. Yeah. Fantastic show. Yeah. I, I, I'd seen My Morning Jacket before, but I was at that show, and uh, my yeah. eyes were wide open <laughs> for that. That was a solid performance. We were at that show together. Were we? Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, Did that's right. You? Yeah, we were. Yes, I you, remember that. You were probably working, weren't you? I was working. Say, yeah. yeah, air yeah, quotes, yeah, yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. my, my, uh, my cousin, Dave Wilhoit, uh, took, me, took me to that show. He's a huge My Morning Jacket fan. Yeah. He was like, you've got to come. To, yes. to Louisville with me for the for Forecastle and I and I came with him and and man I'm I'm super glad I did yes yeah. holy yeah great weekend oh my gosh yeah. such a great fucking show so how how far after that um mm-hmm. how far after that until um until you left AC um so that was, was that my last Forecastle sixteen maybe that was 17? that would that would have been fifteen fifteen. Um, and I left AC, yeah, at 16. So that would that was my last forecastle. Was it? Yeah, sure enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I left AC in May of 2016. Um, just kind of, you know, the, the, the dream job kind of turned into, um, a lot of work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a, kind of a difficult situation. Cause at that point I was handling, Risk management, and I was also dealing with all the HR stuff for the company. So, yeah. so I was wearing two hats, and it was just overwhelming. How many employees at that point? Um, probably not not much more than than where when I started. Okay. 40, 40 employees, maybe. Okay. Cool. Um, but um, it was just you know, it, it was it was an awesome job um, until. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was about two and a half years in when it started to get like, okay, this is probably probably yeah. a bit too much. Yeah, well, I think it's cool that you got to marry your two loves, you yeah. know, business and and being that uh, that you got your uh, your right brain left brain thing, yeah. there, didn't you? Your, your music yeah, and your business went yeah, together. Your cross crawl. <laughs> it works. It works. Um, but yeah, I don't have any regrets at all about that that yeah. experience. I'm glad that I got to to have the AC experience. Um, if for no other reason um, than to get to, I'd always work for big companies, you yeah. know. Um, so to get to work for a small smaller company, yeah, um, helped me to kind of open my eyes to how. You know, small businesses work. They, it's all hands on deck. You know, everybody has to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody's to, a Swiss Army knife, right? Exactly. It's yeah, the way it's got to be. Exactly right. So that experience kind of made it easier for me to 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 strike back out on my own. And and at the time, I wasn't one hundred percent sure that that's what I wanted to do. But um, so you, when did you strike back out on your own? Um, in in May of 2016. Okay. Yeah. Have you been doing that since? Been doing it since. Yeah. So what's that entail? Um, so I do a broad swath of things. Um, so you know, it made sense for me to to kind of draw from my HR experience. So I I went back and started doing some some career management stuff, helping with with resumes and job placement and things like that. Um, I started working with a couple of artists, um, doing like artist bands? management and development. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And the, 
in the music industry gotcha. bands are called artists um yeah. well, on this podcast you never know what it might be man. it could be a painter <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point um but yeah so uh so i did uh, i was working with a couple of bands and and um you know i really wanted to do um business management type work for small businesses so um so i do a little bit of that as well and and um yeah um some special projects i i ran a couple of home tours uh for for city people downtown um oh, cool. a couple of, did that a couple of years in a row um i pick up random special projects like that from time to time and and you know it's a good way for me to kind of use some of my my ac experience um from from that angle um but yeah um i'm kind of always looking for the next opportunity to to help somebody reach their reach their goals and and uh, and reach their full potential and, and that's kind of what i do for a living um i reached out to you about five years ago um i was at the uh at looking back i mean it was a tail end of my own production company called patchwork films right, and right. i was at a point um i I was, I knew I was going to have a kid soon mm-hmm. and be a parent and have more than just myself to think about and right, my wife. Right. And, um, and I reached out to you for that, for that reason. It was like, man, I'm, I need to make a move here. I, I love your consultation. And you and I sat down and spent a whole lot of time together. Yeah. yeah we did talking about that. Yeah. 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 It was great. It, it, it was a good dry run for me. Was uh, it? Yeah, it was um, just to kind of get in, idea of what it would be like to do that uh, type of work and that was really one of the things that encouraged me to 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 pursue that path um so i really valued that that time we got to to spend i do too before i i I appreciate it a lot i i really that was a pivotal moment for me um our our time together and um i remember i i told you you know about me you know after after you and i had had so many conversations about what to do with the company and all that and um finally made the move into what i yeah. into now with pop fizz and i wouldn't have done that without you know your counsel a yeah, little bit yeah and i appreciate it yeah absolutely man a you're, you're in a great spot now and i'm glad I love that it, it worked man. out for for you and, yeah. and Thank uh you. yeah man i you know i appreciate it i wouldn't wouldn't be here without you well and i and i think you know part of that when we were having those conversations was kind of one of the things that gave me the courage to, to really try to do something on my own again. Cause you were doing something and I was like, I can, I can do this. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, I needed that, that little boost of, of confidence, um, that, that I got from that. So I appreciate you too. And, um, I thought, I think it was cool that you didn't know a lot about my business, but you sat down with me and you you got to know my business. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then you were able to guide and direct me f- f- um, from an objective standpoint, right? Um, f- from you know an observer who doesn't have any skin in the game at all, other than just wanting the best for somebody, right? Right. And um, I appreciate you pushing yeah, me in the right absolutely. direction. My my business proposition is that I want to help. People either get started with their with their business, um, you know, grow their business, or or they need help managing their business, and, yeah. and so that's what I that's what I try to do. Um, most most business owners don't get into business trying to deal with all the HR, all the, yeah, you know, all the other headaches that go along yeah. with it. Yeah. And so, you know, if I can come in and, and take some of that that stress off of their plate, so they can focus on you know what they do best, then that's what I want to do. Is there anything you're super excited about that you're working on now or anything that's on the horizon that's looking um, that's exciting for you or well, that you want to talk see. about? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, you know, I've been working for working with Knox Brew Tours for the last two and a half years now. I um, love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great business. And, and um, you know, this year is starting off really, really fast for us, which is which is awesome. Um, so, so a lot of good things to look forward to there. Um, I've got a, I, I get this, I, I get some of the most interesting, um, clients. Um, 
I work with a home organizer, uh, somebody who helps people get their get their houses in order. Like literally. a Marie Kondo person? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Angela Marie organizing, um, and she she does a great job. She's got a partner too, and and they they do a great job. Um, just uh, recently started working with a a data artist. Wait, that's. That's a thing. That is. That is <laughs> a data artist. A data artist. Yeah. What kind of cross crawl shit is? <laughs> I know. It's. I would when I when she was explaining it to me, I didn't really quite understand it, and then she showed me what it actually entails, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So you're basically taking data and making it easy to understand and digest for. Hey for man, layman. that right there. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yes. And she's very good at it. And um, that makes sense now that you explain it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That that is, that is a skill that more people need to have. Absolutely. She's very, very good at it. And uh, I want to help her turn that into something that, that she can grow. Um, And yeah, there are a few others that are kind of out there on the horizon that I, I'm wanting to explore, like an ice cream business. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, um, uh, I've got a, got a buddy who does T-shirts. And um, so, you know, I don't have any I don't have any specific industry or anything that I kind of tend towards. I'm like, what are you, what are that's, you working with? That's the um that's the um, unbiased observer thing that's great about you. Yeah. You know, well, you look at it from the lens of what works, what doesn't. Right. You know, well, there's so many things that are transferable, you know, as far as business is concerned. You know, everybody has to pay taxes. Everybody has to, to deal with bookkeeping. Everybody has to deal with certain HR and risk management things. Everybody needs help kind of thinking through strategy and, and stuff like that. I was yeah. like, I love all that stuff. I think you're really good at helping creative people keep their eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important part that can get away from a lot of people who are trying to build a business because they really believe in ice cream right? or, you know, or creative data or, you know, right, or, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's where that's that I want to, I want to, to fill that gap so that, those people can reach their potential doing that thing that they love. Um, and, you know, if if I can do that, then I feel like I'm doing my part in this world, um, you know, uh, to, to give people a chance to do the things that they love. And, and if I, I feel like if more people get to do that, the better it is for the world. You know, if more people can reach their full potential, then we as a society, we as a world can reach our full potential. So, so that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I want, and whether it's helping people with their businesses or helping people with their careers, I kind of see those things as similar. Sure. Objectives, you know, different, you know, uh, different sides of the same coin. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I try to, I try to fill both of those those gaps for people. Also, thank you so much. Yeah. Man, I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming by and chatting with me. Uh, you have been on my short list for a long uh, time. One of the first good. names I wanted to, to talk to. So thank you. Absolutely. This is a blast. And I'm disappointed that we didn't even get to talk about our Bonnaroo experience together. Are we going to have to do a second podcast? I think so. Okay. I think so, because right. that that's too good a story, John. All right to leave to uh to let's history. let's let's do it let's come back to this let's do it again sometime okay i'm for it love you man thank I you so you much too, for coming by thanks for having me this has been great man yeah really thanks. has been all right oslo is the man right all right all right guys thanks for listening don't get coronavirus take care of yourself appreciate y'all being here check on us soon check on me next week we'll be around i hope everybody's good take care of yourselves love each other love you matt honkinen lay me out